Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 84. This week we're talking about traveling at Christmas time, traveling all around the world. The Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you in association with IndieTravelGuides.com and TravelTalks.tv. So we've got a few things we want to talk about today, of course, traveling at Christmas time. Also, we want to talk about Passports with Purpose and our poll. But first of all, our new site design has gone live. If you haven't come by the site, then please do at IndieTravelPodcast.com. We've got a brand new layout. It's really easy now to get into articles, resources, podcasts, videos. And um, the whole thing's just been streamlined. It loads faster. It's prettier. It really is very pretty. So yeah, come on by IndieTravelPodcast.com and tell us what you think. There's also some new functionality in there. You've got the opportunity to um, post sites to Facebook and post pages to Twitter or to stumble upon them right from uh, a little control panel at the bottom. So if you do that, we get more page views, more people find out about the podcast, and we feel good about that. Yeah. You certainly don't get any more money (laughs) for it. So it's almost Christmas time. In fact, we're recording this on the 20th of December. I can't believe it. It's, it's crazy. It's almost Christmas, which means it's almost the end of the year. And uh, so we thought we'd talk about Christmassy things this week. And we've been doing quite a lot of Christmassy things over the last couple of weeks. We've had our work Christmas parties. Plus, last weekend, we went to our local park for Carols by Candlelight, which was really fun. Met a couple of workmates, and we had candles, and it was really good. Mm. And then also, last weekend, our local mayor put on a barbecue in the park. All for free. It was wonderful. Free food, free music, free drinks. Santa even turned up in a fire truck. Not too sure about that, but... Well, we um, don't have snow here, so I mean, couldn't exactly turn up in a sleigh. Yeah, it was about 30, 35 degrees centigrade that day, so... It was really hot. It was the hottest day we've had for ages. It was the complete antithesis of what people usually think of at Christmas time. But they still play Jingle Bells. I don't quite get that. But anyway, that's what we're talking about this week. We're talking about different Christmas traditions that we've experienced and we've been told about around the world. So, of course, it's been limited by where we've been and what we've heard about. So if you have any ideas to add, please email us or send a comment into IndieTravelPodcast.com because we'd be really interested to hear about what you do at Christmas and other Christmases you've experienced. Yeah, if you want to share it with everyone, then um, drop a comment in the show notes. That would be awesome. So, last year, we had a very European Christmas. We were up in North Germany. It was about negative five. We didn't quite get snow, but we did get a whole lot of frost. It was freezing, it was dark, and we were stuck inside. But it was amazing. It was completely different to what we used to, because we're from New Zealand. And in New Zealand, it's summer at Christmas. So for us to be in the cold, inside, fire burning, it was kind of strange. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm used to light, heat, picnics on the beach or barbecues outside, glass of cold wine, uh, cold cut meats, none of this big roast stuff. That's far too heavy for a hot day. I don't know, we always had a roast on Christmas until we decided to switch to picnics. Francois, who is Cult of Travel on Twitter, got in touch and said that French Canadians tend to celebrate on Christmas Eve and throughout the night, eating a tourtière, which is a meat pie, yule log cake, pig's feet stew, and lots more goodies. Goodies? You got pig's feet stew goodies? I didn't, she did. Strange. It's so interesting to hear about different 
Christmases different places. Like Gary from Everything Everywhere said in Korea, he was told Christmas is just a day to take your girlfriend out, not really family a holiday. Yeah, and Italy Log then jumped on and said she seemed to recall it's similar in China. Christmas there sounds like Valentine's Day in the US, only with slightly different decor. And Gary added in Thailand, he only noticed stuff at tourist hotels. Other than that, it's a non-event. Yeah, and then in Hanoi, he saw <laughs> Christmas lights on a street, including a Christmas light hammer and sickle, to which he added, Ho, 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 chi minh. Which did make us laugh, but also grow. <laughs> Good one, Gary. Yeah, those bad puns. So you can find these people on Twitter at uh, Everything Trip, Italy Log, and Cult of Travel. So the Christmases we've experienced have been quite fantastic. Obviously, last year we were in Germany, and it was just amazing. We were staying with an ex-student and her family in Wustrow in northern Germany, and they just completely adopted us. We were one of the kids, well, two of the kids, obviously, and they just plied us with gifts, with food. Oh, I still remember that meat paste. Mm. It was so good, such beautiful, rich food, and it was really cool. But what I found weird is I'm used to celebrating Christmas on Christmas Day, being the 25th of December, But their big celebration was centred around Christmas Eve on the 24th. So we went in for a big breakfast in the morning, and then all of us kids, being anyone under the age of 30, got kicked out of the lounge while the parents and grandparents decorated everything. So they, you know, they really kind of redecorated the entire lounge for the day. And we were let back in in the mid-afternoon, at which point we started eating and eating, and eating. eating. Yeah. <laughs> so We sat at about 4 o'clock and just stayed at the table till about 9, I think. Yeah, so that's when we exchanged gifts and we sat around and, yeah, and just shared that time together. It was the same for us the year before when we went to Prague with a group of friends. They celebrate on the 24th as well. But we were in England on the 24th and were travelling to Prague that evening, aiming to arrive early morning Christmas Day. But of course we arrived on Christmas Day and there was nothing happening because Christmas was over. Everyone was getting over the night before. Yeah, it was quite scary actually when we arrived at about 10.30 at night and realising that all of the public transport was shutting down and there was a very real chance we would have got stranded at the airport if we had been even a little bit later. We made it to get to tram and then a couple of undergrounds and now we've we got there okay but we were in the underground station at midnight going merry christmas yeah well as it was (laughs) that was the last uh the last one running for the evening so if we'd missed that we uh would have been looking around for a non-existent taxi no 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 because we later found out that the train station we were waiting at was actually only about 200 meters from our hotel that's right the map that we'd looked at showed this other train station as being closer we found out in the morning that we could have just come out and walked to our hotel instead of waiting for half an hour. (laughs) Yes. well, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) That's what you learn. Well, this year we're in Western Australia. We're in Perth for Christmas in 2008. It's going to be our first Christmas with family for two years. Sorry, for three years. Not that they're family we've ever celebrated Christmas with before. No, they're rather extended family, but still. Still family, yeah. It's going to be really hot. Temperature predictions are for between 35 and 40 degrees. Wonderful. That's what Christmas should be like. It's going to be boiling. Uh, The sun won't be setting until after 9 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be the complete antithesis of every Christmas movie I've ever seen in my life. Yep. 
I don't plan on wearing a jumper at all. Now, Christmas just doesn't work here in the Southern Hemisphere. I mean, as a religious ritual, it's it's designed at, to be at the solstice time. You know, you pass from darkness into light, from um, from the cold into the warmth, from gloom into new hope. I mean, that's why they they move Jesus's birthday several months to bring it to the solstice time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine, but. Having Christmas in the middle of summer means we get a great party. It's fantastic. And one thing that's good about having Christmas in in summer is that you get your big summer holiday and there's something to do. You know, I always found the summer holidays a bit boring, but you could always look forward to Christmas and New Year's and it was just like a great big party all summer long. Yeah, and then you had a lot of new toys to play with for the next month through January. Yeah. So gifts here, I've noticed, tend to centre around things that keep you cool or wet. Water bombs, water guns, yeah, Um, maybe a new boat or surfboard, stuff that gets you outside away from the house and often into water. Yeah, I always got lots of clothes at Christmas, you know, t-shirts, shorts, skirts, really thin clothing. Mm. Down here we celebrate um, Christmas similar to in the UK and in the States. We celebrate on the 25th, normally with family gatherings. Um, but, yeah, outdoor barbecues instead of inside roasts. Yeah, we've noticed there's a lot of local celebrations around here. I mean, we've been to two or three Christmas celebrations just just because, you know, we've had the work ones, but then also carols by candlelight and Christmas barbecues, just local events that are put on by the council. It's really yeah. good. One thing that I miss from back in Auckland, New Zealand, is every year in normally early December, there's a Santa parade through the central business district, the CBD. So there's, you know, marching bands and floats and all sorts of cool stuff. And I haven't seen that anywhere else. I'm wondering if that's reasonably unique. So if you have a a Santa parade... There's one in Perth. You didn't want to go to it. Don't you remember the ads? No. Oh, no. That wasn't. That That was the Santa parade. That, oh... 9.30 a.m. The advertising department ought to be shot. I think we refused to go to that on principle because the ads were so bad. (laughs) Anyway, Italy Log centres in some information on Christmas in Italy, which seems to be a much more of a traditional celebration, and uh, she gave us some interesting facts. Um, In Italy, there's a lot of nativity scenes and a lot less Santa. And it's possible that the first nativity scene was developed by St. Francis of Assisi. What do you know? Yeah, so apparently he, the story goes, that he decorated a nearby cave and then held the Christmas mass in this cave. Hmm. We, when we were in Malta, we noticed quite a lot of nativity scenes. Yeah. Remember, we saw them all over Gozo, and also they had those, that competition for school kids to make their own nativity scene, just little ones. And they were cool. They had a little exhibition and... Well, enough about nativity scenes. One thing that really caught my eye about these Italian stories is that gifts come from La Bufana. So the legend goes that the night before the wise men arrived at Jesus' manger in Bethlehem, they stopped at the shack of an old woman to ask for directions. They invited her to come along, but she refused. And then later, a shepherd asked her to join him on the way to the manger, but again she refused. Later that night, she saw this great light in the sky, the star, and she decided to to go and follow them. However, she got lost, and she was never seen again. 
So now La Bufana flies around on her broomstick each year on the 11th night, bringing gifts to children in the hopes that she might find baby Jesus. Nice. What do you reckon? That sounds better than Santa. Yeah, I want gifts on January the 6th as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's January 5th, isn't it? January 5th, yeah. yeah. So the, the dates are somewhat different in Italy as well. I mean, Christmas starts in early December with the Feast of the Assumption. And then uh, La Bufana comes in early January. So, nice. Yeah. That'd be great. Just keep on celebrating. Yeah. So, kids, if you want double presents, here's my plan. Christmas in your home, either celebrated on the 24th or the 25th of December, then convince your parents to head over into Italy for the following week. You know, what you need to do is first go to Germany, celebrate on the 24th, then go to the UK, celebrate on the 25th, and then go to Italy. Yep. Good way to bankrupt your parents. Excellent. We have a plan. So, um, <clears throat> one place we haven't talked about at all is Africa, but you were in Kenya for Christmas 2001. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. We got up early in the morning and we headed to church and just were at church all day. Just church, church, church. And it was really interesting. Every single person in the parish or whatever it was called in the area was involved in this Christmas day. There were children dancing, there were people singing, there were all sorts of things. And... It was kind of long and interminable, but it was fun. And then just when we were all kind of groaning with hunger, because, you know, we knew we were going to have this great Christmas feast afterwards, they came out with the Christmas auction, which was just about the weirdest thing I've ever done at Christmas. They came out with, it was to raise money for the church, obviously, but they came out with a, a product, like a bunch of bananas or a chicken or a sheep, or all sorts of random things. And you had to bid on how much you wanted to pay. But it was the weirdest way to do it. You'd, you'd put in your shilling or whatever, and you'd say whether you wanted to put the price up or down. So you go, okay, here's my one shilling. So that's one shilling. And they go, okay, anyone else got a, got a bid? And you go, yep, two shillings up. So that's three shillings, three shillings for this nice sheep. Someone go, okay, I'm going one shilling down. And you give the shilling to them. And they go, right, so the price for this sheep is two shillings. It was so weird. So you could choose to make the price go up or down. And then when they thought that they'd raised a, a good enough price, say 10 shillings, then they'd sell it to that person for that price. But they'd also got all the other money people had given them. So they probably got about 50 shillings for each item. We bought a chicken, which we later called Hemi, and uh, a bunch of bananas. And then we, we basically headed back to the place we were staying. We are in a little town called Mikai and had a huge meal, probably starting about 4 o'clock. And um, what was especially interesting about this meal was that the meat we were eating was the remains of a sheep that had been tethered outside our house for the previous week. And uh, some people had become rather attached to the sheep. And then we ate it. Nice. Sounds delicious. So you've got a really close food cycle there. Yeah, All the slow yeah. foodies will be happy. <laughs> we ate Hemi later too. Yeah? Yeah. It was kind of scrawny. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, I hope you've got some idea of some different Christmas traditions around the world. Um, if you haven't heard about where you are or somewhere you've spent Christmas, then please don't hesitate to come by IndieTravelPodcast.com and tell us your thoughts, your experiences in the show notes. We'd really like to kind of build up some ideas of different Christmases. Yeah, it's so interesting to see how people celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about why traveling at Christmas, and the first thing that came to my mind is um, to go and visit family. A lot of people travel um, within their own country, but to a different area to kind of bring all of the family together. Yeah, sometimes they're heading home if they've moved away, or sometimes they're heading to meet people who have moved away themselves. And then I thought, 
many people travel to get away from their family at Christmas. Yep. It's one way to get away from all of the obligations and kind of social mess of Christmas, isn't it? Well, that's the theme of this uh, movie that's out at the moment, isn't it? Well, four, the four Christmases. Four Christmases, yeah. yeah. They call it four holidays here. I don't know why. It seems to completely go against the idea of the film, but oh well. Yeah, I think the marketers thought that Christmas sounded too religious and might offend some people, which is yeah. stupid. But there are lots of other reasons why you should travel at Christmas. I mean, seeing the Christmas markets and decorations or the nativity scenes in different countries, they really are amazing. I mean, some of our countries, like New Zealand doesn't have anything like it, neither does Australia, so it's really worth travelling to see these things that are only around during the season. Yeah, it's also good to get some sun. Come down here, come down to the southern hemisphere, and have yourself a hot, sunny Christmas. Yeah, definitely a good idea. All of uh, my students from Europe and our flatmates from North America and um, Europe are bitter, really bitter they keep saying it's not christmas it'll never be christmas like just because it's not negative 10 doesn't mean it's not christmas it's wonderful we're really loving it another good reason to travel at christmas is just to see what other people do to experience a different culture if you can get in with a family and really experience what they do at christmas because it'll probably be completely different then again you could probably just get in with a completely different family in your own country and see what they do and it'll be different Absolutely, yeah. Another one is to just skip Christmas entirely. Yeah. Bar humbug. Well, sometimes you do feel screwed at Christmas. Sometimes it's all just too much. I know in the States and in the UK, it's just overhyped. You can't go anywhere without coming across Christmas. I mean, Christmas starts in, like, November the 1st. Oh, I really feel strongly about this. I don't think Christmas should be Christmas until about December the 1st. You can start advertising. You can start decorating. But... Sometimes it's two months worth of just Christmas, and that well, can be a bit much. Commercialized Christmas yeah, nonsense rather exactly, than Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to skip Christmas entirely, there are plenty of countries where you can treat Christmas just like Valentine's Day. Yeah. We <laughs> well, definitely don't treat Valentine's Day as anything. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. just let it pass you by. Head to Asia somewhere, and you can just forget it entirely. Mm-hmm. Well, over the next few weeks, we're hoping to have some guest posts as we take a bit of a writing holiday and Linda continues to work. Shut up. Um, So we're hoping to have some guest posts once again from other bloggers and podcasters. We've had a couple promise they're going to send something in, but no one's actually sent us something yet. So hopefully we'll have some podcasts for you in the coming weeks. Remember to come by the site and have a look around the new design, which is so exciting. And let us know what you think uh, in the comments or email us mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Also, please vote in our monthly poll where we ask if you'd use a forum on the Indie Travel Podcast. Yeah. Down in that sidebar, just below the poll, you can also see a chip-in widget where you can give us some money to help us buy some new audio software. It's um, called SoundSoap 2, and what it does, it takes all the Chris... And what it does is it takes all the hiss and the crackle out of recordings, which will really help us improve our interviews. And since people want more interviews, we really need to up the sound quality for those. And you can also just give us money if you like. It's Christmas. We're happy to receive. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to give some money to a uh, more legitimate cause, perhaps, (laughs) you might want to get involved with Passports with Purpose. And we'll have a link to this in the show notes. Um, you're able to give a donation to Hafer International, and they educate impoverished families and also provide livestock so they can create uh, sustainable lifestyles. 
If you give $10 to Hafer through Passports with Purpose, you go in the draw for a whole lot of cool prizes. So I, I think it's well worth your time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a really good, good time of the year to give a donation. So if you don't want to donate to Passports with Purpose, have a look online, maybe try kiva.com. Give a donation somewhere. Indeed. Well, thanks very much for listening. Merry Christmas, whether you celebrate it or not. And until next week, travel well.